Hello and welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod, episode 158. Well, it's here, isn't it? WXV, long awaited, long in the planning, but it is finally here. And of course, here on the Women's Rugby Pod, we will reflect on that. We're going to go into WXV2 and WXV3, both starting this weekend, of course. No pause before WXV1 gets underway. We've got Emma Wassell, lady, set the record for the most consistent caps in that famous Scottish shirt. Back from injury now, back in the second row. She's had to go off and do a bit of her day job in the meantime. We're very keen to get back to rugby. That's a brilliant chat with Emma Wassell. Great to see her back. And we also hear from Scott Beamond. Many Red Roses fans will know that name. The man second in charge to Simon Middleton for many, many years is now the head coach in Ireland. Very interesting chat with him. Really honest from Scott as well. Uh, and some interesting little tales in there as to who he last coached in between the Red Roses and Ireland. Bearing in mind Ireland are taking Kazakhstan this weekend. There may be a small hint there. And will he or won't he sing the Irish National Anthem. That's coming up later in the show. We've got all the news over the last couple of weeks as well, all the international news to bring you up to date with as well. Before we hear from Emma, let's just tell you, if you've been under a rock of late, what WXV is, if you're coming to this new, it's the first edition of this Women's International Rugby Union tournament for the senior national teams organised by World Rugby. Taking place, as we say, starting this weekend, going through to early November. The competition consists of three divisions, WXV 1, 2 and 3, obviously, with the Six Nations teams evenly divided across the three groups. The other participating teams were determined by regional competitions and playing matches as well. WXV, hosted by New Zealand, will be played out in Wellington, Dunedin and Auckland. WXV2 in Stellenbosch and Cape Town and Dubai for WXV3. So each pool consisting of six teams. So in WXV1, England, New Zealand, France, Canada, Australia and Wales. In WXV2, USA, Italy, Scotland, Japan, South Africa and Samoa. WXV3 consists of Ireland, Spain, Kazakhstan, Fiji, Kenya and Colombia. They will then be split into two pools of three and those teams will play across the pools Um, and then we come out to the winners let's not get into um, how tiebreaker situations are sorted out we can come to that as and when at the end of the competition promotion and relegation so the first place in three will play the bottom of two Uh, fairly obvious isn't it um, that will occur ahead of the next edition. The last place team in WXV3 will do a uh, playoff against a team the highest world rank that did not participate in the competition for a spot in WXV3 for the next edition. No promotional relegation between WXV1 and 2 uh, to take place in the inaugural season. Of course, there are going to be kinks when you first set up a huge, a huge project like this up. We can talk about the timing of the Men's World Cup, promotion, relegation and uh, locations and broadcast and, uh, and all the rest of it. But it's up and running and that is hugely, hugely important. Huge amount of collaboration though, has gone into into getting this up and off the ground. If we look across to the men's game, you know, that, that global structure, that global competition you know, can only be 
a good thing for the women's game moving forward and, and that the funding that's having to go into some of these nations to get them up to that standard uh, you know, is really, really important. Um, so huge, huge credit to, to World Rugby getting this up and off the ground. Enough of me waffling on. Hopefully it's clear as mud how the competition sets itself out. But let's get into uh, into the Scotland camp now. Emma Wassell enjoying themselves ahead of the WXV and enjoying themselves in South Africa as well. Emma, so lovely to have you uh, back on, on the pod. Um, you're officially a, a friend of the pod now. You've been on a couple of times. Um, how's South Africa? It is very, very cool. It's very nice to be able to leave a pouring, raining, wet, horrible Scotland and then arrive in sunny South Africa. Um, no, it's an incredible place. We were here in 2019, um, which which now is like a long, long time ago. Um, but it's just, it's really nice to be back. Oh, as ever, because you're a bright lady, you already tapped into kind of one of my future questions. That, that tour back in 19, I'm going to just jump straight in there as you've mentioned it, almost seemed like sort of start of a bit of a journey for this group. Does it feel like sort of a bit of a birthplace and therefore is it is it really nice? Because predominantly the squad is, that core of the squad is, is still the same. Does it, does it feel like that and nice, therefore extra special to be back? Yeah, 100%. Um, that was... 2019 that's obviously pre-covid which which seems crazy but um yeah that was two kind of back-to-back big wins for us and kind of a real opportunity that we were able to show ourselves um we obviously had some some rough game games previously to that and uh, yeah it was it was a big kind of confidence boost for us going forward and knowing fine well i i remember being being like I'm at the kind of we did a closing kind of ceremony thing with South Africa before we left and they had already qualified for the World Cup in 2019 we we didn't know if what the qualifiers were going to be like if we were going to be able to qualify so they were they were essentially in preparation for World Cup then and and we just had so much of a journey ahead of us until we even knew we were going to be at World Cup so no it really was the the start of something quite special for us so it feels uh yeah full circle moment coming back well great stuff and on a personal note you've been out for a little while um give some details of that uh, um if you can and and just on a personal note how, how good it is to be back in the back in the row yeah i uh you know like at the time when it's happening it feels it does it kind of feels like the end of the world like we dedicate so much of our lives to this and yeah I got a knee injury pre pre six eight nations something that's grumbling away for a long time and yeah it was time time to get it fixed so I missed missed all the six nations and I've been pretty fortunate for the past nine years which is kind of crazy but I I'd never it was it wasn't even just about like a missing a game but I'd, I'd actually never missed a camp ever in my whole career so so much bigger than actually just the game it's it's like that being around the girls like every other element even off the pitch um so it, it was hard it was really hard and i was just like watching the girls and just not not really feeling part of it but like it was yeah i it just kind of gave me a, a lot of drive to get back and i kind of planned it to the day <laughs> from the day i got my op it was right week one to week 30 essentially what I need to be taken off every day because I was just so determined to, to be back and yeah lucky enough I had a lot of help in the background um 
and support kind of from friends and everything and yeah there were many a times I would have said not a chance I'm not I'm not going to be ready in time but somehow or another I'm here and yeah I'm just so 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 happy to be back well the the rugby world is delighted to to see you back um for the 487 uh, consecutive tests we did play uh your name is 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 quite a quite an admission just just a matter of interest and we're bombing all over the place here but that's kind of nature of podcasts and whatever and you're utterly engaging person so how much do you tap back into the squad in terms of possibly a bit of support the SIU that kind of stuff how much do you, you're an integral part of that team how much do they tap into to you how, how does that work when you're, when you're on a long-term injury like that yeah you know what it it was something at the beginning um just before I actually got my operation it was the first game and I was I was very keen to be involved like around like line outs kind of set piece yeah. probably more more at my forte but um it became quite difficult in the sense I I've never been in a situation where I couldn't be part of it and I think it was actually such a good opportunity for for the other girls to actually be able to to put their hand up and they're so more than capable uh and yeah I think I actually did I took during the Six Nations I, I took a step back kind of from the squad and I just kind of focused on getting me me back um, so I kind of coming back into the squad, it, it's it's a different feeling in the sense you you can't just jump back to where where you were because they got through your Six Nations and a really actually quite successful Six Nations for us with the with the two home wins at the end. Um, so kind of understanding what what they were doing and and actually how I can add to that or maybe help. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been real good, and the the competition actually positionally now is is probably the most it's ever been for me, which is actually good because yeah, we love a challenge, and I I think it actually just makes us all all better rugby players. But um, yeah, I'm super super grateful to be to be starting this weekend. So what you're saying, Emma, is you've had to fight for your place at the back of the bus again. That's basically what I'm saying. I have. I have. Like, we're, uh, I would say we're a pretty supportive bunch. Like it, it, it always like the players want the best out of each other, and and sometimes that does sometimes mean, yeah, you're you're competing with your best mate almost. But actually, like we do all have kind of super strengths, and and depend on the team that we're playing. I think some of us are going to be better in some areas than others, and and that's just the nature of. Well, that's something I've definitely realised. Being injured, being out, like you can't be <laughs> brilliant at everything. Um, but like if you hone in on your on your super strength and actually what you can add to the team and why that's valuable, um, that's kind of sometimes why um, I think maybe yeah you would get the starting shirt for for whatever game. Um, so Emma, what what I mean, we haven't got all day, so I'm going to limit you to three. But uh, what are Emma Wattles' super strengths? top three <laughs> you know what I um pre-injury um I used to kind of I would I would like to say I my super strength was would be my power and um, my jump so line out would have been a big one um ball carry um and yeah a contact um but since 
since injury I, I've actually I, I, I've lost a bit of my power so naturally we test jumps all the time and that's gone down and it's trying to not focus too much on that because it doesn't it doesn't change how I'm the rugby player but I've really focused on kind of like my defense my tackle technique and actually how you can transfer it and if I'm being honest, that's probably my big focus going into this tournament is is probably a more of a defensive mindset for me um, and making that a super strength. So we'll see. <laughs> awesome. And care and attention to your lovely luscious locks is in at number four. <laughs> um, let's talk about that then. You're talking about line out and defence and a breakdown. South Africa, who are first up, basically six teams in WXV2. Um, yourselves, USA, Japan, Samoa, uh, Italy, and South Africa, the hosts, and you sort of cross over, don't you? So you've got uh, yeah. South Africa up first, USA, and then Japan. South Africa were we look at the men's world cup, I'm sure you're uh, across that, or possibly not quite so much now, but um, yeah, Portugal have been the real darlings. I think South Africa were the, the real darlings uh, in the women's world cup, really surprised people. Huge amount of heart, physicality. Um, then they ain't no pushover, are they? No, not by any means. Yeah, they're they're another nation with so much passion. Um, yeah, they play play with a lot of pride for for their country. Um, and yeah, they there's something that no one can deny is their their physicality and their aggression in terms of yeah. There, there's it's going to be tough. Um, and they have had a few test matches. They obviously played the Danes, and they've also played Samoa, um, played Kenya as well. So Kenya, I've had yeah. a few test matches, and and actually you've you've seen them change a couple of things, whether that's been in the lineouts, tried out a few things. So um, they will they will be prepared coming into this match. Um, we've obviously played them quite a few years ago now, but we actually played them as a, a wee warm up game pre World Cup. Um, so we we know kind of the challenge that is ahead, um, but it should yeah hopefully be a good match. Are you are you stop ringing? She's live on a podcast. Whoever that rude person is ringing, you seriously <laughs> not know? It's live telly. Um, um, what um, that person's put me right off my train of thought now. Um, have you spoken about this this tournament because? It's it's it is a new tournament and it's and it's the right step and you know, we can talk about timing and da 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 and not everything's going to get get right. But I was talking to Scott Beeman um, earlier and he was, you know, the flight's taken off um, and and you, you you've got to get the, the 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 beast in the air to start with and, and that's exactly where we're at. Have you spoken about what what constitutes success for these for these three games for for, for this tournament uh, for you as a, as a group? Because it feels like a sort of half chapter page turn, if if not a little more. Yeah, I think for us qualifying, obviously outright for for WXV two, um, is probably the right right place for us in this tournament. And I think actually most of the games are going to be really competitive, which I think is is the best kind of thing for this tournament. Um, we have three very different games, I would say, in the sense. The physicality that we're going to face against at South Africa, um, actually against Japan, that is going to be a much higher pace game. We, we've obviously played all three teams before, 
Um, I'd say USA are probably the closest to how we play and we played them last summer um, and that was a really close match. Um, so I think we are thinking about the last time we've played these teams and actually what we can do to be better. Um, we are targeting three wins and I think actually three achievable wins, but I, I genuinely believe there are going to be three competitive matches. Yeah, 100% they are. Just, just, just finishing up because it is um, night before the game and uh, I'm very conscious of that. Um, it's a Stellenbosch University. Uh, Danny Craven, um, it's a lovely, great little stadium. Maybe what, sort of 12, 16, 15,000, somewhere around that, isn't it? Um, yeah. Um, I, I did go that on my way back from a wine tour, so I can't remember it a huge amount. Um, but it, it's a lovely little ground. Are, are the teams staying close to each other? You're sort of crossing paths with each other. Is that kind of got that slightly sevens feel to the to the whole thing? Yeah, it's um so it, like it feels almost like a mini mini World Cup idea. We're in the hotel with Italy. Um I believe USA are in the in a hotel with Japan. Um I'm not too sure about South Africa and Samoa, but we have we've bumped into a few of the USA players out for coffee. Um and yeah, we see the Italians um almost every dinner, first lunchtime. Uh so it's actually really nice. And obviously a lot of the girls, kind of some of them playing in um the I wanted to say Prem 15s, but it is not anymore. That's um, okay. You kind of said WPR. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you very much. But if you um, say WRP, that's fine as well. Okay. <laughs> uh, but so yeah, it's real cool. Um, it is really it's it's nice being able to bump into each other. But um, so yeah, so we're we're all we're all nearby, close. Awesome stuff. Uh, how do you keep the numbers crunching away and, and, and fresh and sharp in your mind? The, the, the accountancy's had to go on a, on a back burner, has it? It is accountancy. You're fully qualified. Yeah, you now? I actually, I actually went back to a bit of more accountancy when I was injured because, yeah, you, I needed something completely to distract the brain, and that's actually something I'm, I'm hugely grateful for that I was able to do that. Um, it probably sharpened my focus on my rehab and um, because I had a distraction so yeah it was actually more accounting and rehab um, and it just meant <laughs> I think when you do accountancy for a few months it reminds you why you want to be a professional rugby player so much so it's it's good to be back. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I didn't want to say that in a polite way <laughs> so no, no, absolutely brilliant. Emma thank you so so much um, as ever an absolute joy to speak to you your energy all the way from South Africa I, I, I can feel it um, go and enjoy the tournament and all the best uh, against SA tomorrow. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me again. I'm Lynn Cantwell and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pass. Great to hear from uh, Emma. So passionate, isn't she? Not only about playing for, for Scotland, but, but that group as well. And you you hear that about that Scotland group from, from those inside. It's a, it's a special group to be in amongst and uh, yeah, been some bumps in the road, but um, they will certainly enjoy their time over in South Africa. Uh, I, I'm sure and uh, the games coming up after you've heard all the, uh, the latest news in the last couple of weeks, Scott Beamond, the Island head coach is coming up on the WRP, but here's the news. New Zealand comfortably beat Australia 43-3 in the second of their O'Reilly cup games. Good outing for the new coaches headed up by Alan Bunting England went on to win the second test at Saracens Ground, the Stonex Stadium, 29-12. Much tighter 
there tells you a great deal about the potential of the Canadians. And if you haven't heard Sophie de Goody from uh, the last episode, go back and listen to that. She, again, very inspirational character. She is. Scotland breeze past Spain in their preparations of WXV 36-5. Japan beat Italy by a single point, 24-25, while Wales overcame USA 38-18 at Colwyn Bay. That again sparked conversations um, about broadcast. My personal opinion is it's a very, very complex issue. Huge amount of moving parts. And therefore, to, to point fingers is is, is unwise. Uh, and a lot of the things being said out there yeah, particularly aren't true. You know, broadcasters have to move in, in certain ways and do certain things and quality and all the rest of it. Um, you know, these are very, very, very late announced fixtures. Um, any of these WXV games getting, getting anywhere near television uh, is brilliant uh, because it's just schedules are done so, so far in advance. So... Um, yeah, here in the UK, um, WXV1 games in Wales um, and their opponents in, in England as well on ITVX. So fair play to ITV for getting those out there. Back to the results. Hong Kong snuck past Colombia 31-28 in preparation for the South Americans WXV campaign. But some result that is uh, for Hong Kong ranked eight places lower than Colombia. They'll be sniffing a place in that XXV3. The Barbarians, we spoke of them in the last episode. Again, if you haven't heard that, the likes of Lindsay Pete and, and El Snowsill, um, brilliant, brilliant chat we had with them. They beat Munster 12 45 to round off their autumn tour. Um, Stockers, if you need a bag man for the next one, please let me know. Back to our deep dive into WXV, this time into Pool 3. Let's just remind you, Ireland in that pool with Spain, Kazakhstan, Fiji, Kenya and Colombia. But is it Kazakhstan they start their campaign with? And Scott Beamer, the new head coach, has a little bit to tell us about that nation. Um, and his introduction to the job and being a, a number two man and, and now being the head man. Here's Scott Beamer. Absolutely delighted to be joined by Scott Beamer on the WRP. Of course, we all know Scott Beeman from many, many days uh, in the Red Roses uh, coaching box. Now, the Grand Fromage of our Irish women's rugby. Scott, how are you? Where are you? What's the temperature? So we're in we're in Dubai for WXV3. Um, the temperature is slightly warmer than the 16 degrees in Dublin uh, that we left. Um, I think we tipped the scales on 40 odd the other day. Um, so it's warm, it's warm, but it's okay. And in terms of your logistics, getting out there and what have you, uh, how much time have you had together in the in the build up to uh, this new incredible global competition? Um, pro- probably similar to a, a lot of teams, really. Um, we've sort of sort of been in um, in situ for a month, so we've had we've had a good good sort of four weeks. But outside of that, there's been. Uh, there's been there's been domestic rugby or provincial rugby uh, in Ireland. So in terms of the, the prep that the girls have had coming into this, um, there's there's sort of three angles. You've got your centralised girls who who are based uh, in the HPC, um, which is where uh, the the high performance teams are based in Ireland. Um, there's girls that are non centralised and playing 
within that provincial competition, uh, the Interpros, uh, and there's obviously the UK-based groups. So we brought the three together, the three three ingredients together for for the last month, where we've been sort of periodizing a bit of heat acclimation um, alongside a bit of bonding. Fantastic. Um, how much of your stall did you put into creating the squad? And we'll just talk about the squad in a second on, on those Interpros, because year by year, the standard of those of those games are just going up and up and up and up. I tell you, there's. You're right. You're right. They. I've had quite a lot of buy-in from the players, <clears throat> and we and we've seen this in sort of previous environments. How uh, how much buy-in a player has to their club or province, um, and obviously when you get good competition, healthy competition, it kind of edges edges performances and standards ever higher. So the girls are really invested. They love it. Um, Having um, so this year, a few things happened just slightly unusual. So uh, Leinster lost to Connacht. Um, Ulster got their first win in eleven years, um, and a, a, a big final. Munster were the, the holding the reigning champions. Um, Leinster Leinster beat Munster uh, to win the title. So it's 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 things are starting to shift. Um, you obviously don't want games to to be a foregone conclusion. Um, we're hoping over over the next couple of years we can introduce um, even more com- competitive elements into it. Um, there's obviously some some other things going on with like what they call the Celtic Challenge, um, whereby provincial teams will represent Ireland and play against um, representative teams from Wales and Scotland. So there's sort of some bits to go after. It's quite exciting at the minute. Yeah, well, it's honeymoon period. I mean, if it's not exciting now, then, then we've got some, some some trouble. How 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 comfortable have have you been moving from, you know, um, you know, a, a, a number two or or, or, or a number one part A, however you want to describe it, but but not the person who's whose heads ultimately on the on the chopping block, to to now being that person. Uh, did that decision come easily for you? Um, I, I tell you what, I've I, I really enjoyed the challenge. I really, really enjoyed the challenge. Like we, we had an enormously um, satisfying, um, challenging, enjoyable uh, time with the roses, and, and learnt a lot from mids. Um, kind of comes a, comes time, and timing, I think, plays plays a big part in this. Um, I think there was a there's a massive amount of work that the IRFU have done in the background um, to to support what will be a challenging environment uh, in the in the right manner. So any any high performance stuff comes with high challenge. A um, lot of eyes on it, a lot of pre- perceived pressure. Um, and I, I've really enjoyed it. I, I'm, I feel really well supported, really well supported. The, the girls, I think, have been ready. The players have been ready to almost take next, next steps anyway. Um, so in terms of like, I don't know, any any sort of leadership stuff you read, uh, managing change and, and things like that, it, it can be done fairly fluidly when it's accepted. Um, and there was a timing piece that actually they were ready, ready for it. So we've got what will be uh, some quite big challenges for ourselves in terms of where we're trying to get to. So qualifying for England 2025 um, for that World Cup. So next year, 2024 is a big year for that. So we, we know we've got to make some ground up pretty quickly. Um, but 
but with that, the RFU have got um, a lot of support in place to enable that to happen as well. Um, and that, that's from a that's from a, a program perspective and individual. So there's some there's some really good stuff going on. Um, I'm learning a lot. I didn't come in saying I'd be perfect at it. Um, said I've been through some stuff that may help, uh, and I'm, I feel like I'm being really well supported to to try and a be the best I can be, but secondly provide the best environment that that girls can put their best foot forward in. I'm not going to drill down too much because we can do that at a, at a later date and probably <laughs> just over a beer rather than on the pod or whatever. Because um, as ever, hugely interested in in all the the bits and pieces that go around it. But what what were the top You've analysed them on the pitch. You've seen Ireland fr- from afar, and you know newspapers or, or podcasts or, or whatever. What what were the two or three things just that you felt that you needed to just adjust, just just evolve? Um, kind of, not as soon as you got through the door, but 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 in those opening few few weeks. I, I tell you what, that's a good question. There's there's some Thank things you. that you would know. That you, <laughs> that's where you paid the big bucks, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, oh, God, yes. Yeah, if there's only, a, eh? There's a, there's a few things that, that you would know from playing against them. So you know that whatever the result, they're going to make it tough, like grit, graft, proper Irish qualities. So we knew we had to harness that. So in any Irish team, you look at, you look at Andy Farrell and the lads over in the Men's World Cup, it's, they've got a grit and a and a determination um, about them, so that's inherently Irish. So we're not going to fight that. <laughs> we're gonna, if that's us, we're going to be good at what what us is. Um, secondly, there's a, a a couple of bits that you would say, well, for rugby to be successful, there's a couple of bits you need to you need to be good at. Um, and without drilling down too much, as you as you say, like you got to you got to you got to be able to withstand. If you're playing against the World Cup contenders. You know, you've got to you've got to have a scrum and a line out that can tolerate it and be and be good against it. Um, you've got to have the ability to play play where you want on the pitch, however that is, ball in hand, kicking and getting after it. So you've got to be able to to manage the game and you've got to be able to be effective in in areas where those World Cup contenders are gonna be good. And then you've got to put your own identity on it. So we've done a, done a lot of cultural stuff since we've been here and um I've my first my first rodeo with the uh with the England girls. Um we we did a tour and then we played some autumn internationals and we played against um played against Ireland. Uh we played at Stoop and we played uh, uh at Twickenham and they were really, really hard to beat. And that team had some of those ingredients that I've just talked about. So talk about some individuals now. So Neve Briggs is on our is on our coaching staff. She was in that team. And so you've got to tap into when they were good, what did they have? And they had some good ball carriers and they had the ability to play the game where they wanted to play the game. And then they just brought that to life. So it's not rocket science, but you've just got to have ability to to be able to do that and 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 have an identity that's firmly attached to that and a bit of clarity around how you go about putting that on the pitch. And then you hope you hope the magic will happen. So, looking at um, at your squad, the um, the sort of wild squad, uh, sort of handful of of new caps and uh, what have you. Uh, how, how happy are you? Have you had everyone available? Um, what are the names that that those who don't know this Irish squad particularly well should should be looking 
out for who's who's particularly impressed you got a couple of co-captains and there's 17 questions in one go <laughs> so first of all then, I, I I see bits on um, social media and what have you and there was a a, a bit of an inkling to, to how much say I'd have on the squad that got announced um, fairly shortly after after I landed in Ireland um, so I obviously knew knew I was getting this role um, a short while before that and obviously there was rugby going on in Ireland um, through the Interpros so I was able to get eyes on I was able to get eyes on so Got a good coaching coaching staff um, that that I'm told feel like they they've got a bit of life um, breathe breathe back into them and we're stretching ourselves to be better all the time. So there's a bit of a thing around what do we know and what and what are we seeing through fresh eyes. So some of the fresh eyes stuff. I turn up and I see a player score a try from 45 meters. My 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 ears prick up and I go, that's pretty decent. Um, I'm not going to tell you the position. The um, twelve, but it's in the but it's in the forwards. So it's Eight. you suddenly think you suddenly think right. There's some there's some potentially. Um, there was another player who who was, we observed who hadn't been in before, and was going around and and had all the qualities that if you when you were young you go like what was a rugby player? What do they act like? Had all the qualities of this rugby player that you just wouldn't want to play against but you'd but you'd be alright with them on your team but you wouldn't want to train on the other side of them because you'd be a little bit worried about them and and so we've got a player that brings that brings a bit of that to the party and these girls are going to be the future of Irish rugby and they and they've not been in before so now so now we feel like we're adding we're adding a little bit of um, point of difference to a group that, that that just needed a little bit of little bit of magic dust on just to to bring bring it all to life. So we've got some really good players coming. Because it, 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 sorry, to, sorry, because if you look at the squad on on paper and your eye is probably drawn to, towards that 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 forward pack. They, I mean, there's serious serious quality there. You know, uh, you only have to look at your two co-captains and and, and bags of experience, club and international wise as well. Yeah, those captains are they're a good sort. They're a good sort. They they actually have a lovely dynamic, so they're really good mates, um, which isn't always important. But um, how they work work and bounce off together, um, it, it, the, the dynamic is working. Really well. Um, they've been they've been discussing who's good cop and who's bad cop this morning. Um, from what I can tell, they flip. <laughs> so trying to work out which one when one's good and one's not, and when they're like, it's the other way around. But I, I I've worked with them for a for a month now, just over a month. Um, I, I was delighted to be able to name them co captains. Um, I think there's there's a, a bit of an overarching piece here to developing like performance development as a group. Confidence is going to be a big piece of that, learning how to win. Um, but the developing leaders, like developing people within that group is is as important. Um, and those two have got a great opportunity to, to learn. They, they don't do it on their own. They've got a really good group around them. Um, and we'll keep that group dynamic. As soon as you have a group, you know, the inverted commas group, um, things can become, or you can't actually get into that or out of it. And we're pretty keen to avoid that. So we're going to have a dynamic group. We're going to have voices from from the newbies coming in. How you finding it? What you adding? 
you're here for a reason. So people come in and they're picked for a reason. So there'll be an expert in something like help us, add to us. Um, put your stamp on it. This is your environment as much as it is somebody that's got 50 caps. So how do we want it to be? So we're getting really good two-way conversations, really good way. And there's, it won't be perfect, but we're going to develop pretty quick. We're going to learn fast. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, as ever, I'd like to drill down on virtually every answer you, um, you're you coming <laughs> back with, but um, we, we don't know the time. I am conscious of your time. You've probably got a pina colada waiting for you up at the pool or something. But let's look at this uh, WX uh, V3. Uh, just generally, we can talk about uh, timing um, uh, and visibility for the entirety of WXV uh, in the, in this first kind of kind of cycle, but ultimately the idea is is a bloody good one, isn't it? I, I think there's there's a couple of things they've got to got to get after, isn't there? You, you almost need to to grow the game worldwide. So hundred nils don't really interest people. Um, if we're going to put bums on seats, we need good competitive fixtures throughout throughout a World Cup. Um, and, and qualifying processes, whether that's um, you know, Asian Games, whether that's Six Nations, um, Pac-4, whatever. So we're trying to grow the game across across the lot. Um, see, there's massive goodwill to do that. Massive goodwill. Um, totally agree. Yeah. Probably at the at, at the top end now. You know, having having seen firsthand how the IRFU are now getting after. Getting after it, there's a massive amount of positivity for the for the women's game now within the IRFU um, and the importance of it. Um, but that that isn't just us, is it? That's you know you look at the home nations, you look at um, some of the nations that are here. Um, we've been talking to uh, some coaches from Kazakhstan and and how they're trying to grow grow their game. So there's a there's a worldwide piece going on here. Um, so it's important it's important to get the get the plane up off the runway. Which I think this first edition kind of will. It, it again. It uses term three times that it won't be perfect, but it'll get it going. It'll start the wheels, the wheels in motion. Um, there's been a few few thoughts, wasn't there, around it being at the same time as the Men's World Cup, but actually it sits where it sits at the moment. We can deal with it in Ireland. There is a massive amount, uh, a massive fan base of rugbyness. Uh, around the place at, at the minute, um, and you know, in the, it's been generated by by the guys World Cup uh, challenge and challenges um, and ongoing hopeful performance. But there's people getting on the back of it, and people are excited to talk about rugby and, and island rugby. We're a part of that, um, and, and we're going to be hopefully spreading a bit of positivity alongside that. Yeah, absolutely. You talk about that competitive nature. Um... You start up with Kazakhstan at the at the weekend, then Colombia, and then Spain. Um, is that on a personal note a, a nice way to start your coaching career? Because these, these aren't, um, as you say, tier one teams. But I mean, Kazakhstan, you know, in the past, you know, um, a great force in women's rugby. Colombia, we've seen them do some decent things out in Dubai before. Um, and Spain will be will be a very good challenge. I think the the flow of games um, is is perhaps falls into our favour. Um, you know, yeah, there'll be performance expectations. Stuff we're wearing a 
wearing a, a national shirt, wearing an island jersey, um, being part of winning performances is going to be crucial to that. But there's a there's a bigger piece at play here in sort of the next World Cup, growing confidence in successful performances, um, getting up, building our identity, building our training identity. Now, Kazakhstan actually, um, it's a bit of a story here for you, Johnny. You'll you'll enjoy this. I've not not said this to many people, so you get a bit of a bit of an expose. Day. So, as you know, finishing with the roses, I was um, I was unemployed for a few months. So, I did a world rugby piece, um, a world rugby consultancy piece. So, I went over to Kazakhstan. <laughs> so, myself, myself, and Guy Lewis from London Irish, and it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Um, I, did I, not I would know only that. talk about it. Not many people do. Uh, I would only talk about it positively um, in terms of where they where they are in the in the journey, but. I guess there's a there's a couple of reasons I told you. Um, a world rugby investing in helping coach coaches to become better. I think that's that's crucial. Um, how much I actually coached them, it, it wasn't it wasn't a, a player to coach piece. It was more coaching the coaches and helping them set up a an environment that would lead to growth. So it was it was it was a wonderful country to go and visit. Okay, it's not probably somewhere I'd have gone just on my normal trodden path, um, and and it was fascinating. And the level of buy-in and what have you from players and coaches, they they've got buy-in. You know, yes, they may they've got a few years to to go and grow through. They probably have more wear more of a sevens hat at the moment because that's a government-funded sport and they're playing the Asian Games, but they're looking to grow it all. Um, and I sort of. Post these this weekend, I wish them the best. Um, so I've not, I've not spoken to them <laughs> since, since obviously coming into this role. Um, but, but certainly after we play, we'll enjoy, we'll enjoy a quiet beverage and, uh, and a bit of a chat. Um, and if, if there's, you know, continue things that we can help with in terms of growing them, then you never know, dear, in the, in the future where there's training. Training hit outs for opportunities against these teams, things like that. But then, so it was a really interesting and quite quite wonderful country, really. Um, I can't sort of speak highly enough of it. There is a big, big smile on your face, and again, I just ah, oh, so many, so many questions to to ask you, but uh, time is is precious, and it's, it's about a relationship, isn't it? You know, there's that relationship there, and actually. You know, if you need a hit up for a, a Six Nations or something, you know that 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 relationship is there. And I, yeah, we try to be honest on on, on this podcast, and um, you know, we we pull people up um, as and when we think that that they should be, and we, we often do that with with world rugby. But you're not the only person who's I know has gone on and, and gone to sort of well, minor nations, rugby nations to you impart knowledge and what have you. And, and that's been across the men's and women's game. So fair, fair play to, to world rugby on that. Um, Scotty, we, we, we've got to, we've got to wind ourselves up. Um, just the final question and probably, you know, the most serious of the lot is, is, is how much sun cream um, did you take with you as an Irish squad to Dubai? <laughs> <laughs> boatload, boatload. No, no, it's, it's going to be all right. We, like I said, it's a factor though, isn't it? It's a factor. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. You tried running, running around after your kids, you know, when you when you go away for a bit of warm weather holiday and what have you, and it uh, it soon catches you out. But 
they, they, we've got, we got a, a well-resourced staff here um, and with a lot of knowledge, a lot of shared knowledge. So there's been plans put in place. Yes, yes, it's warm. Yes, it's sunny. It'll be the same for everyone. Um, the bits we can control, yes, we've got strategies in place uh, and we'll, we'll use them. Um, but for us, it's at least, at least we're not going to play in the rain. <laughs> Yeah, no, indeed. So, how have you prepared? Because you say it's like 14, 15 degrees, and it's it's quite often raining um, in, in lots of parts of Ireland that uh, I, I visited. Um, how do you train for you know, 40 degree heat in Dubai then? Oh, and the slipperiness I mean, of the ball with the humidity. Well, yeah, you, you can. Um, there's a few things technically and tactically you can do um, physio- physiologically. Um, like the sevens share the same building. So we, we get intel, they're going away, they're playing in Dubai, they're playing in in humid places um, uh, over in your sort of East Asia. So there's, there's, there's intel, they've got, they've got strategies, they train with altitude, they train in heat chambers, they kind of use that as a bit of, bit of bonding as well. It's a good, it's a good opportunity to, to test your mental prowess um, when, you're, when you're doing a spin class in 40 degree heat. So there's been a few things that have gone on, a few things that have been a bit of an experience for the girls. So hopefully it, it leads them to being in quite a good place, but there's nothing like the, the test to test it. So we'll, we'll see how we go. Oh, great stuff. Um, and, and just finally, are you going to sing that the Irish anthem or are you going to be a, a non-singer? Have you learned the words yet? That's your best question you've asked. That's the best question you've asked. Do you know what? I'm going to sing it. Um, a bit, a big part of a big part of buying into an environment is you buy into the environment. Um, and I know I'm from England, and do I support? Uh, am I supporting Steve and his his team out in the World Cup? Of course, I am. Um, Andy Farrell's an Englishman. I'm supporting Andy Farrell and his Irish team out in the World Cup as well. Um, so I'm buying into the group. The group have bought, bought into me. Uh, I've asked them to do a couple of couple of things um, that would take them out of their comfort zone, and they've done it. So. They're buying into things I'm asking to. I want to hundred percent buy into them. I will sing the national anthem. Yes. Awesome, Scotty. Thank you so much. Um, shoulder to shoulder again. <laughs> um, no, no, really, really brilliant to catch up with you. Um, thank you so much for your time. Wish you all the very best, and uh, yeah, good luck in Kazakhstan and uh, and the rest of the other teams. But yeah, hugely appreciate your time, and it's it's glad to see you. You're smiling and beaming away. That's great. Amazing. Thank you, Johnny. I'm Donna Kennedy, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Brilliant to hear from Scott, and I w- will make a note uh, and, a, and a big shout out to the uh, Ireland media manager. I'm not going to name names, but to set that up was as easy as I've ever, ever had it with uh, Irish uh, women's media, and thank you very much for that. Have almost given up so to try and communicate with them so that is absolutely brilliant and long may that continue into the future we can we can get the girls and and their stories uh, and everything they're doing out there to to the public because that's basically the idea of this podcast not much else um before we go let's just remind you of the wxb two and three fixtures this weekend all on world rugby streaming service italy against japan one o'clock on Friday, Scotland take on the host South Africa at 3.30 in Stellenbosch, while in WXC3, Fiji and Colombia go head-to-head at 2 o'clock, Ireland, Kazakhstan, 
12.30 on Saturday in two at 1pm USA against Samoa and in three Spain against Kenya at two. Enjoy your feast of weekend. WXV, World Cup, it's all going on. We'll see you next time.